Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them end. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode where me and my man, Matt, We'll be going through the latest issue of Han Solo and Chewbacca. But before we get into that, let me tell you a couple things, or at least request a couple things. Go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Check out some reviews over there. And then go to our Patreon to help us out for everything we do here on the feed, Patreon.com slash Weird Science. And there's a bunch of things that we do over there. And one of the things we do, Each week, me and my man Jason get together and do a separate Patreon-only show where we spotlight two books picked by the upper level of the Patreon, the badass level, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep boop. And this past week on the poll, they ended up picking The Amazing Spider-Man number two and Devil's Reign Omega number one. So those are pretty big books. But not only that, but this coming up week, this is going to be a week where We have all of our shows, the main show, next week's Star Wars show, our Patreon only. It's because there's a fifth week of books in the month. And with that, then we end up having Patreon only shows to give people a little, you know, incentive to come over and check out the Patreon. I say give you some incentive because to listen to just those podcasts as they drop this week, they'll drop on the regular days, but Patreon only, it's just a dollar a month to go and listen to those. It's just to give us a little support. And you're not charged right away. You'll only be charged if you decide to go into July then. You'll get June. You'll never be charged. Not anything, nothing. And then if you decide, hey, I like what's going on here, you go into July and you'll be charged whatever level you're at at that point. If you decide that it's not for you, maybe you just wanted to listen to those couple shows, whatnot. That's your prerogative, like Bobby Brown. And you end up just quitting, you'll never be charged. So no fuss, no muss. You can treat it as a free trial. You can treat it as whatever you want. We just end up having our Patreon where we have a ton of shows going on. Some of the other things that we have done that are Marvel-based are we just got done doing our crisis comic book crisis power hour show. Kind of a goofy name, but it is. The idea that we did the JLA Avengers book by George Perez and Kurt Busiek. That's one of the things we just finished. We have a book of the month club. We have a Walking Dead comics club. We have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics club. We have all of these things going on over there. And so, yeah, just check it out. All that stuff is in our campsite bio link in the show notes. You can click on that and get a ton of all of our Weird science links and things like that But it'd be nice to get some support for what we do But with all of that We're actually here to talk some Star Wars And we ended up having the Han Solo Chewbacca book That came out last week We ended up holding off for this week Because no Star Wars books came out this week That we're dealing with So we ended up going and talking about that The Mark Guggenheim book It's This issue was a little off You'll hear, kind of got a little irritated But I hope it rebounds whatnot But we're going to go to that And just as an aside, the two books that do come out next week while we do have the Patreon-only deal would be Bounty Hunters and Darth Vader. We'll figure out what we're doing there. But yeah, you can head over to the Patreon and listen to all our shows. But with all that, let's get to the Star Wars stuff. Off to me and Matt talking Han Solo and Chewbacca. All right, now I'm here with Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we have this one book, Han Solo and Chewbacca. 
but more like you told me before, Han Solo and Greedo and possible <laughs> dad is what the name should be. Chewbacca does not do much here except no. yell a couple times uh, and have Greedo go, I don't understand him, but I understand him. But here <laughs> we go. We like the first issue of this. We thought it yeah. was kind of fun. I don't like this issue as much. I think that it's not even just that it's confusing of what's going on, but things are pushed ahead in a way that really don't make sense. And we play with the idea of codes or designations, which we always laugh at. You have that in the Star Wars universe of, well, it's an old code, but it still checks out. And we (laughs) said that the Empire never can learn that, no, you, you make new codes for new codes. But when you have in this book where, you just yell out random things, and then the bad guys go, all right, yeah, and, and sure. never really explain that. You're like, no, too far. But Han Solo and Chewbacca number two is written by Mark Guggenheim, art by David Messina, colors by Alex Sinclair, letters by VCs Joe Carmagna. And here is the recap. And I don't know about you, but I realized that I wasn't that invested in the book when I, I didn't even remember really what the basis of this whole heist thing was until the recap. That's mm-hmm. why you have the recap, but it, it was this day. De- does it feel like it was delayed or is it just that? Well, it came out a week ago and then it was probably a month between that. So it's been, well, that's been a the while. standard deal then. But I yeah. mean, it's not like it's been three months. I'm sitting no, here like, long. I no. didn't remember that they were actually going to get the ashes of Jabba the Hutt's rival. That's like the main thing they're doing. And I, I completely forgot, but it's called the Crystal Run Part 2. It's a golden age of criminal enterprise with the evil galactic empire preoccupied with bringing the galaxy under its thumb. Scoundrels and thieves are free to apply their criminal trades with abandon. Vile gangster Jabba the Hutt was hired, has hired Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Greedo to steal an urn containing the ashes of his arch rival. The urn is located on Han's home planet of Corellia, where an unexpected reunion awaits him. That's the big thing. The, the big thing here is, first off, And a minor deal of seeing that Han and Greedo have a background connected with Jabba that will play out in New Hope. But the big reveal of Han's father, where he goes to Corellia, just is there at a bar and suddenly a guy shows up and is like, oh, Han, my son. Mm -hmm. And it's been so long since Han's seen him. So you can't really trust Han knowing, knowing him. Han doesn't really trust this guy. But then in this issue, Mark Guggenheim is really giving you info. To make us try, I don't trust him. I still don't trust him. Yeah, I don't the think The idea it's him. that we see at the beginning of flashback and we never see his face of when. And, and if it's a younger, I mean, this is so long ago, a younger guy, there's something with this not seeing the face, maybe, but I get the idea and people probably are laughing. Well, he has all this info. He knows all these things. I'm getting that crazy idea of Han's dad at some point being in jail maybe and he has a cellmate that he just talks to han about oh my boy han oh we Mm -hmm. did this oh i told him this oh i did that or even if he was just working in the shipyards whatnot he would just be always talking about han so you'd get that nice deal at the end but i still i don't trust this guy especially when at this point he's just doing what he's doing and never really has even han says you never asked about your cut and I know that, and he says, don't tell me it's just family, whatever, whatnot. This guy seems to be up to something more, like at the end, to reveal himself and go, well, aha, it's me. I, I just don't get wouldn't this Wouldn't Han be like grilling him, asking him all sorts of questions that only he would, the dad would know? It seems the guy know. I mean, the guy specifically knows one of Han's only memories of don't build the ships, fly them. 
He says that later, but he also has that hologram deal of him. But still, I'm getting this idea that he just knew the dad and got all this information is trying to scam him. but Or killed him and try to assume his identity or something. Yeah, In this deal, I mean, even if it is his dad, you would assume that he will die in this anyway. So mm-hmm. it's almost like me thinking, does it really matter in the long really. run? It's kind of sad, but you do start out. Corellia years ago where they are watching ships and he says yeah you know i'm working on the ships uh but i think that that's you know loser work you don't make a name for yourself nobody knows you you got to be better than that you're gonna fly the ships this is a little inspiration shows why han would maybe want to be a pilot whatnot and then you just turn it's a good cinematic deal because when you get to the now he's punching him in the shops <laughs> Han just levels him and he's like you know i don't trust you you're a con You think that, you know, I wouldn't recognize all these things. And then in a weird way, he's like, what about my eye? And then I was like, well, that could be faked. And he takes the patch off. It's not fake. But I'm like, I don't know what that is that big. It doesn't connect him to his real father in any way. I'm like thinking to myself, like me and you are fighting. And I say, well, look at this. And uh, I'm missing a tooth. And you're like, who cares? I mean, what what is that? So he ends up like, oh, man, you know, look at me. Look at my eye. It's almost like what happened with Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. His dad used to make him look into his empty socket of his eye. (laughs) It's like a a punishment. (laughs) It's so bad. Oh, Maury. But you end up then where they're they're getting this whole heist together again. Now, it ends up being like an Ocean's Eleven. But uh, when I joke about this, it's like Ocean's three and a quarter. Because Han had broken into the office they have to get to, which then ends up making this guy get more security, which then there's Han and the crew here. They're going to get the uniforms to go in. That's actually kind of clever, Mm -hmm. except that it's not. It doesn't really play out well because he doesn't know anything else with that. They're not actually part of the security. Like, it'd be funny if somehow he was able to finagle that they actually got hired by the security team but they just go get and it's it's the play of stormtrooper uniforms again he, they just run in they break into the security office and say that's the best thing about security they don't have security for themselves they're only yeah, compared yeah. on that i don't know about that uh, that yeah, seems right seem. we're already starting to fudge things and so with that then greedo Han and Chewbacca are going to go, and Han says, I'm going to bring my dad because he ends up having a plasma cutter. That's what we're going to need to cut into the safe. Now, with all of that, like, you didn't have anything like that before? Like, this plan was not much of a plan. The whole plan was get to Corellia, Greedo will be able to pick a lock, and then Mm -hmm. voila, we're out of there. None of this works, but it never seems like they have much of a plan anyway, except I'm going to break in first, scope the place and whatever. And, and what you're playing here in my mind, I said, Ocean's Eleven, it's Die Hard. It's Hans Gruber who says, I know the way that they play this. If we say the terrorist deal, they shut down the power grid, that opens a lot. Like, it's that, but it never plays out. Because yeah. all it is is to get security uniforms because they hired extra security. And then they're going to go and just supposedly waltz in and grab this urn. But now the dad's involved. Because of that, maybe, I don't know, Chewbacca then is just derailed to just being a guy who's going to grab their getaway speeder, which, again, they didn't even have a plan there. It's like, Chewbacca, while we're in there, go and try to beat somebody up and grab a speeder, watch a speeder, whatever. It, it just doesn't play yeah, was out. Was that what he was well. doing? He was just beating up random? I don't know. He was either protecting the speeder or he was grabbing <laughs> one. But why would he? Be, well, who's going after the speeder? What is he, double park? <laughs> 
I, I just don't get it. I mean, really, I don't get He's screaming and yelling, just choking some guy out. All of this just <laughs> falls apart. It really is like, uh, maybe that's the play. This is early Han. You're like, boy, I'm glad you got better. Maybe that, and, and again, you talk about this just as a, an aside, a joke. I, I love Han. I think he's great. Luke's my guy. I always say that a lot of people nowadays, especially, have gone to Han because he's more of a gray area character. He is more interesting, but I always just like Luke. Luke's the big hero, mm-hmm. whatnot. And uh, with Han, though, is he that good? Because he's always on the run. He always owes people money. He's always getting really like he is the lovable loser <laughs> because things always go Kinda wrong. Sucks more, at his job. Right? Yeah, you're right. I yeah. mean, it's not like he shows up and he's like, Everything I've done up until this point is great. And I understand that you have to have Han in that way because you need a way to grab him with the rebellion. Like he wouldn't have joined normally, but really the guy is always messing up. He's always <laughs> fudging things. And Chewbacca's always there to yell at him, but nobody else can understand that it's actually shade. And even in this, <laughs> Chewbacca doesn't like the plan. And Han will translate for Chewbacca until there's shade. And then he doesn't. He says to Greedo, because yep. Greedo's like, he doesn't understand. He doesn't like it because you don't understand what he said. Oh, I can tell when somebody's mad. He only translates when uh, Chewie agrees with him. That's the only time he translates. Yeah, and I think that <laughs> Chewie, just like every time, half the time, it's like, I didn't say that. He's like, <laughs> what did he say then? <laughs> Nothing. He said, I, I said everything he said perfectly. But they go in. And so they're, they're trying to get to this office where they're trying to find stress, trying to find an urn. That has ashes in it. So they go up. We already saw this awesome doorman. We like that guy. That he's guy's back. awesome. I like that. Yeah. He must He must really be blind because he's letting anything go down. Yeah. Well, he, this is the thing. Anybody in this book, the way that things play out are, no, I'm not going to let you do this. And then almost to the point where the main character, Han, mostly goes, come on. Okay. That's <laughs> what happens. Yeah. He goes Just up and goes, ask hey, twice. Yeah. Hey, we're here to go up to, you know, the deal. We're going to go and sweep uh, the security up at this office. Oh, well, that can't be because the guy there that they're going, this guy's office, Mr. Graves, he's off planet. Well, first off, what does that matter? They did hire the security. There's the, so he's off planet. That does. Well, that's why he must have done it. And I like where they try to dumb down their talk. Probably why he ain't want to do us now. Like uh, mm-hmm. the idea that they end up talking like they're hicks or something with that. <laughs> and uh, that works. Oh, okay. I love it. He's like, no, uh, come on, let us in. Okay. Go up. And they go up. And it was the dad. It was Han's supposed dad that comes up with this little lingo. Hey, you know, thinking yeah, on his thank feet. Thank you much, Lee. I have an Xmar 326 substrata face scanner. Well, if you're the doorman, that's your one job. We've said this before. He's already now legitimately, he's already should have been fired. So it is a shock that he's there because he (laughs) let Han in the first time. And there has to be some surveillance. They're like, this guy broke in. You let him in. Why? Now he's letting him in again. Doesn't recognize him, obviously, because I guess they're playing blind because of these tubes. But still, they go in. They get to this door. Greedo's one job. He failed. And just really quick and not even very, like I said earlier, a little cinematic deal, but this is Greedo. Beep, beep, beep. Nope. Nope. <laughs> can't do like it. That. Sorry. Yeah. He goes like, you can pick any lock. Yep. Except this one, apparently. All right, Greedo. Why are you here? Like Greedo even like, what does he think now? Is he like 
sad? Is he upset? Is this a play? I don't know. Because then Han says, look like I'm going to have to do the job now. He gets on his comm and says, Locris Command, and this is the security deal, Locris Command, this is Unit 4587, come in. This guy says, 4587, we don't use that kind of designation. Who is that? Right there means a security place should now be like, who is this? You're, um, we're coming to get you. There's yeah, no alert. way. Like, yeah. How are you doing this? This is like me just calling in any random thing and saying, yeah, this is Red 5 or 9-er. I need to get in this locked door to get to this place that we're hired to, to protect. Hey, we don't <laughs> go by that. Yeah, I know, but I'm having problems. Okay, open the door. All he yells, they say, what's your designation? All of a sudden, the background gets purple with green in my mind, making it seem like, and maybe somebody else tell me different, that Han is pretending there's a big problem here. Like, oh, my God. You know, he's, I need you to unlock it remotely. But why? What what is the date? Why wouldn't you say, if anything, I'll send a couple guys up? We'll figure this out. What is going on that they think this isn't, you know what it plays out? This is almost like he thinks that later on, it's like he's in the trash compactor and they're yelling to C-3PO to shut it down because they're going to die if it doesn't get shut down. They're in a hallway outside a door. There's nothing, anything about this that is any sort of stakes, nothing that is trouble, nothing that is life-threatening. He just yells, I need you to unlock it remotely. Then he says, are you still there? And they say, stand "Stand by and open the lock. How does that make sense? It makes no sense at all. Right now, he's more Jedi mind tricking people remotely than we've ever seen. He just says a wrong designation, doesn't even know what to say, and then says, open it up, and they open it. That's it. Now, in this, you would expect that they're sending guys up right now, and this is a trap that they end up, okay, we'll open it. There's nothing they can do in that room for the two seconds. They'll be trapped in there. We'll get them because guys yeah, come in be. later, which may be. But the problem is there's a tracker and a thing on uh, the weird thing. And I'll get to that in a minute, too. But you end up where he's like, yeah, I'm that good. They go into this office. Han has been in this office before we said he was there. He looked at the locks. He lay of the land. Get out there. They do this. So he goes in. Now, this must be the second time they're going for an urn. They walk by an urn that's just sitting on a table. There is legitimately one thing in this room, an urn, <laughs> and they walk by. They, well, Greedo getting, sees it, and he Greedo gets yelled at. Greedo sees it and almost starts getting, in a, in a way, the the uh, Indiana Jones where he's twiddling his fingers like he's going to figure out how he can grab it and put the sand down. And so with that, though, afterwards, I don't know that he grabs the urn because it doesn't look like an urn that he grabs later. And you think that he, he in my mind, he's saying, that's the urn. I'll grab it. I won't tell them about it. And then when we go, I don't know how he can hide it. It's, it's an urn. It's a big urn. But then he could go to job and say, they messed up. I found the urn. Give me all the money. Mm-hmm. And I forget. And he does say at one point because he has something else, but it looks like a thermal detonator. But when he, he's there, you see the urn. I think that he realizes that's what we're here for. It's not even in the, the safe. But get out of there then. But you then go off. Oh, then go off to Tatooine and Mos Espa where you have Bib Fortuna slumming it down with some animal fights. I'm telling you, it's like cockroach fighting here. Somebody <laughs> probably will know what these things might be. And they even They're say, disgusting. I think, at one point. Yeah. So he's there. He's throwing his money there. He's a degenerate gambler, we see. Oh, so he had some problems off world. 
And when you mention that, you really go sus. So I don't even want to even imagine. Yeah, but it's something weird. You know what on. I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, trafficking or something. Yeah, something but like that. Marshall Buck Vankto, this is his part. We saw him at the beginning. He's on the trail of Han. I'm already at the point two issues in, like, I don't know that we need this. We, we already are, are fudging things in the other side and not getting enough chewy. Come on. So you have this space ranger. You know, Sheriff, he's there and he goes to Bib Fortuna. Give me the, where's Han? I know that he's working for the slug of yours. And you better, you know, not yell about Jabba. I don't care what you say. Where is he? If you don't <laughs> tell me, I'm going to tell Jabba about all that sus stuff you did. And like, Bib, we hate anyway. He does seem slimy and just awful. Like, even his actions and the way in the, in the Return of the Jedi. Like his movements, he, he just, he's so sus, right? He's a Twi'lek too, isn't he? Like, he's just yeah, a yeah. weird looking one though. Yeah, like he's just gross, weird. So when you yeah. end up where you see and hear this, you just wonder like, oh, it has to be bad. So he says, ooh, Jabba. The other thing is, do you think Jabba really, ca- like, it must be something really, really bad for Jabba to care? He wouldn't care. He'd probably encourage it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, it must be really bad. But he says, oh, no, no. <laughs> This is what we'll do. We'll make a deal. I'll tell you where Han is. But in the meantime, you let him finish the job for Jabba, but then you end up, you know, getting him whatever. They agree. It's a weird agreement. But we go back to this, you know, heist and Han and his dad are talking. You get more of his dad giving the idea, hey, remember when I told you to fly the ships? Oh, you did it. And it is giving Han this idea. This must be my dad. These are things only my dad would know. He even mentions the dice his dad gave him, but also he has this little holo, you know, deal where it's him and his dad at that point talking about the ships. This is the only thing he has of them. It's, you know, the Star Wars version of, you know, pulling the picture out of your wallet. And mm-hmm. he says, I want you to have. And Han says, you know, I'm not really much with sentiment, whatever, but okay, you know, thanks. And he's starting to be convinced, it seems, that this you is still his can't dad. see the face. Yeah, and never seeing the face in this holodeck deal, even in the flashback we didn't. So all of that going down, Han really pushes the idea that I've learned. Like, you didn't teach me anything on Corellia. When I grew up, I learned from Corellia. We don't trust anybody. I think that still is the idea. He's he's never going to trust them. I don't think he ever will. I think the only people he really, really trusts at this point is Chewbacca. That would be the only person. That he ever trusts. And I don't even know that, I guess. But, you know, he trusts him because Chewie has a life debt to him and he can't do anything. But they set up this plasma deal to open up this lock here. Now, you have this idea where they're cutting, which they're, they're using a laser cutter to open up a sealed vault with this deal. But yet this doesn't cause any sort of security to go off, which why? You are cutting open a lock. It would. Yeah. And so there's these steps that are just odd. And there's no cameras anywhere around yeah, here or nothing. anything. Like everything is fine. They didn't end up spray painting cameras or they didn't go and put a Polaroid up to it to make it like nothing. They're just uh. in <laughs> with an end in a way that they have spelled out that there's extra security, extra security to get into Where? this, you know, place. And all he had to do was call, make up. Stupid call signs that weren't even what they used, and they open up the door. So they go in and cut open the vault. There's nothing in it. It's empty. They say it's empty. They say to Greedo, you son of a bitch, I thought you had this inside information. And he's just like, meh. But 
there's an urn. (laughs) So, So they end up with that. He's yelling. And then suddenly he's picking up this thing that looks like a thermal detonator. He ends up yelling. And that's where you see that. Greedo has this like against his chest that doesn't look like the urn that he saw. He must have pulled it out of the urn. That's the only thing I can think of. He says that. So where he says now in this, they are still in that that office. Correct. I mean, they haven't left. So he says this piece. Greedo says this ball. This piece is worth at least 10,000 credits. And then you end up having Hans say it's it isn't worth our skins if it's tagged with an msx msx tracker now he must fiddle with it and it opens up a bit because that all of a sudden is shown okay what are they tracking they're in the same place they were they they haven't left the room it seems like what are you tracking he's saying that as if they're going to be able to get it and you can't fence it but now all of a sudden an alarm goes off as if it's triggered by this thing I think once it moved the it's once that moved uh, off the were off the shelf there it triggered an alarm. That's the only thing that I would. It moved think. from the shelf a bit ago. Greeno had it on the yeah. thing. It's just when he tries yeah. to open it or do something with it, but we don't really know what that is. You see that green light there on it, and he's like, "It has a tracker." Maybe you should have said, "Not if it has an alarm," because a tracker they're still they haven't moved two feet. I mean, the tracker everybody should know where they are, and I've already mm-hmm. should have been there. But you end up, an alarm just goes off then. And uh oh. And, and then you get, you get sad eyes Greedo, who's yeah, like, he's oh, begging I for forgiveness. Again. And like, <laughs> uh oh. And it's weird that that's what they both say. So they say, let's get the hell out of here. But again, this whole play, it, are these, is this the ashes? When he says this is worth at least 10,000 credits. That's a weird play because if, if Greedo knows it's the ashes from in that urn, he knows exactly the amount of credits it's worth because that's the payday of getting it. Saying it, it's like this is something on the side that Greedo grabs saying, well, that was a, a loss, but we have at least this. This will make that's up for it. That's what I thought. I thought it was something on the side. You know what I mean? It doesn't make yeah. sense, though. Plus, I do want to point out that if you ended up having this guy, you know, Graves, who his apartment was broken into. He's going to be off world and you end up where Han's big play was. Well, I wanted to get the lay of the land, get the security deal. Whatever this guy has, there's a good chance he may take it somewhere else. Like it seems maybe happen. If I Mm -hmm. end up where I have a safe, somebody's broken in and I know, well, they were looking at the safe, whatever. I may take this stuff and put it in a bank or in a secure place that people wouldn't know. So all this is just, it's all blown up in their face, but in a way that it feels like not that they made the mistakes in the book, but that Mark Guggenheim is just finagling things weirdly to try to show Han as capable, but then not, but then a scoundrel, but then not, and a trusting, but not. And it just doesn't play out all this time, too. The Chewbacca, they yell at that one point, hey, Chewie, what's going on out there with our ride? And Chewie's beating the crap out of like two or three guys at yelling. And then we just go from there like, yeah, this plan isn't going real well at all. Like he says, Chewy, we've started on the safe. How are things looking with our getaway speeder? And he's yelling at guys and he's strangling one. I don't know what is is he there because he's not supposed to be parked there. Like I said, double parked. Is he parked. trying to get a speeder? <laughs> Because they, I, I, I don't maybe they know. didn't have one. He's trying to get it. I see him flying up on that speeder and them jumping out the window. Yeah, the- I mean, but aren't these things like 
that's a real weird play. Like me and you are going to rob Fort Knox. And in the meantime, we get Eric and I'm like, while we're in there, try to steal a car. Yeah, that's not going to work out. It's not a great plan. Not at the same time the heist is happening. (laughs) You you need to (laughs) set things up. So they end up where they got to get out of there. They open it up. You get a play of like the stormtroopers in the Death Star where Han opens the door and there's a bunch of people there with their guns waiting. And he goes, that's not good. Closes the door. And then they start yelling, you better open the door. And then the dad says, well, son, what do we do now to be continued? I'm like, I don't know if it will be. Look at the cover for the next issue. What's going on there? Like, what yeah, is that? What's, what's going that on? Is, I don't see any sort of Greedo. And you have somebody in the background that looks like a new character. Just get nonsense. I mean, this is a limited series and it's not playing out very well. <laughs> I mean, if the whole play of this is, hey, we get Han's dad. Maybe he dies by the end. Maybe it's a dupe, whatever. I don't know that the surrounding story here is working out for me just for that. And it does seem, I mean, I like Mark Guggenheim. I've read a bunch of books of his, and I think he's really good. The problem, though, is it feels like this is a story that it wasn't story first. It was concept of the dad. And then let's try to work a way to get this in and work it this way and that way and whatnot. And the the details are falling apart, especially with somebody like Han that I said, he's kind of a goofball that messes up a bunch of times. But you don't want to see this deal where just everything falls apart and it doesn't really play out, especially, I don't know, even when you go with the idea, this isn't like the 1840s where you're breaking into the old saloon and there's not, this is a high tech universe. And yet they don't even have cameras with it, extra it security in that. Yeah. Added. With extra yeah. security. And when you talk about extra security and a sci-fi deal, you're, you're starting to you have to get a little better than this. You have to be a little clever. At the very least, there'd be lasers that they would trip yeah, on. Yeah, like stuff. that. I mean, you'd have all that stuff. You Mission Impossible stuff going yeah. on. But in that, you have a Han Solo and everybody. They're living in that universe. So they would be aware of that and would have ways to get by. It's not like me and you go into the future with a time machine. And then all of a sudden, we don't realize that they have DNA scanners on every doorknob or, you know, stuff like that. They would be aware, but that's the fun of it. That's the fun to see that your guys are smarter than that and come up with a clever way. And I think that this was a dumbed down Sedotion's three and a quarter, but also die hard type deal that just doesn't play out well. Though now I want to see Hans' dad fall like Hans Gruber at the end as he dies. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That urn threw me off, though. I'm like, it's right there, guy. You're right. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious. You were there to find an urn. That That's it. If you see it, check it out. Maybe, like, take a picture of it and send the email or a text to Java. Say, is this is it? Is this what you're looking for? Yeah, yes or no? Thing? You would think that they'd have a, a some sort of intel on it to go, and I just don't get it. It would have been funny, like a play, maybe do a little comical deal that this urn had to be intact. And while they're trying to open up this thing and fighting that this urn is falling around they're grabbing it like an indiana jones deal where the urn mm-hmm. it keeps like almost falling and we know that if it crashes they're in trouble if they haven't realized it's the urn a bit kind of funny mm-hmm. it'd be, again it'd be like the beginning of temple of doom when they're trying to get the antidote and you know indy's going around and doing that so that would have been a cool little yeah. wink wink but you didn't get that this i'm looking at when they go in the room there's a table a, a, a seat and another little table with an urn on it. That's it. And they're like, I don't know. Better open the vault. Oh, well. Well, there you go. <laughs> what would you it's it's wild, man. I don't know. <laughs> I would probably uh, probably a six, just a flat six. Yeah, I think I'll go six. <laughs> the funny <laughs> thing is, off the deal, at one point you said, and this is an art problem, though, 
at points, I really like the way Han looks. There's one point looks where, a lot like Harrison Ford. Yeah, when they show him at one point, I think it's at one point he has his hat on, but they show him just standing there, and it is one of the best things. It, yeah, it's there when he says, "You're a special kind of uncommon." Yeah, I'm looking you know, at that, that now. It's that exactly might him. be one of the best cartoony drawings of Han Solo I've ever seen. I yeah. think that that is awesome. But at the point where you said, and it's not, it is funny <laughs> because you don't get the concept of it where you thought that it wasn't Han and the Holo deal. It was his mom. And you're like, what is he doing here? And so, but it was the art deal because you didn't really get your feet in with that. And no, uh, but it's yeah, a different I'm color hair, you. too. I thought he had blonde hair, but I guess it's because it's a hologram. I'm telling you, when you end up that one, I wish that that point where he says that the incompetent deal, I wish that wasn't just a little sliver of a panel. I wish it was a bigger thing because I really like that. I think that that even the page before when he's talking to what he thinks is his dad, he's kind of smirking. That's really good, too. It's really good. But that that hologram thing was kind of off. And yeah, I, I don't know. Buck Vankto, the marshal, I thought was going to be kind of neat. But I don't know that we need that either. And Bib Fortuna freaks us out. So with all of that, <laughs> six, five, you give it a six. That's it. Yep. Remember, everybody, that next week, the all of our Marvel and DC and everything is on Patreon only. It's an annuals week. We have a couple Star Wars books, so we'll be doing those. Scheduled. That Who knows out. what actually comes yeah, out. Yeah, the, the way the deal is, it's really tough. I think I did look. You got to look, and if anybody is, it, most people will have maybe a pull list or whatnot, so maybe their stores are letting them know. But really, the most trusted place to look is Comixology. They seem to be the ones updating and getting into you know these delays, and Marvel's having a lot of delays. They have a paper shortage. Uh, paper quality problem and then also just delays in general so we'll see but yeah the the what's it called the episode will be next week on that one of the things too though maybe at some point we'll talk a little bit about the obi-wan show maybe just a slightly a little i i ended yeah. up watching the first part i'll be watching the second part with my sons this weekend hopefully pretty good i really enjoyed it i thought it was good i never i don't want to spoil so i'm not going to say but mm-hmm. there's a couple of characters in it that i never expected to be part of it uh only because i i didn't really know the concept of what we were going to be doing here but there's a character that i love already and one that made me laugh so much when it's a he showed up and made, oh and it, just as a hint this isn't a spoil but i'm like oh at least they got him to wear pants in, in this so maybe giggle <laughs> so yeah i i really i I went to watch it expecting to maybe like it enough. I'm like, okay, whatever, because you know that I talk all the time. I have a problem watching anything over 20 minutes, and I saw that the first thing was like 55. I said, oh, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll try because I love Star Wars. I love Ewan McGregor. I put it on. I, I'm telling you, I it was over before I even realized it, and I thought, holy crap. And that's when I ended up, I messaged my son, Ethan, who's really in the Star Wars with me, and said, did you watch it yet? And he said, no. And I said, well, I watched the first part. You catch up, and then we'll watch it together. He lives in New Jersey now, so we were going to do it on one of those, the uh, Disney Plus like watch party, and then talk mm-hmm. to each other through that, maybe even call each other and talk about it because we were all excited. But I was very impressed by it. I did not expect it to be that much of a thing. I saw some people even in the Slack where they didn't like it as much. That they said, oh, it didn't really get me, whatever. I, I, It got me. What really got me, a shout-out, Andrew in Belfast ended up sending me a message, and it was like the biggest hype man message ever for it. And he got me so pumped up. That's why I went to watch it right then, because he said it's his favorite thing since the original trilogy. 
And he said, I think that you will really, really like it, what you have talked about, and I did. So, yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, he's all fired up. Now, again, if you sit there and think about since the original trilogy, (laughs) I, I I did like the first season of Mandalorian. I like that a lot, but yeah. other than that, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm. We talked. I, I like the solo movie. I thought, uh, but I saw it later after everybody yelled and screamed about it, whatnot. But a lot of people. I'm not as huge a fan of Rogue One as a lot of people. I didn't like the sequels as much and the prequels. No, so maybe it is. Maybe that's like a weird. You, you hear that it's- best thing since the original, and it doesn't seem like it should be right. But if you start looking at the stats, maybe, but it's still too early. It's a nice lead into that for sure. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Fills I, in the gaps I a little bit. Really, really, really liked it. It's very high quality too. I mean, and that the idea that you pretty much get two 50 minute episodes to start, it is like a movie. I mean, it was good. And just as an aside, I was supposed to see Maverick yesterday and didn't, but that has nothing to do with Star Wars. You're like, screw Maverick. I'm going to watch Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up watching Smart. that. And I even. Here's the deal, too, and I don't know why we're doing bonus coverage here, but <laughs> the idea that everybody's been yelling about Stranger Things and I've never watched a second of it. And you never I will. saw you throwing shade. I actually was like, <laughs> well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll start. Eric was starting to get me fired up. He's just, Eric knows what to do, and all he's doing is centering on the Dungeons and Dragons concept. He's like, yeah, they were just like, when you were a kid. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? But, yeah. I actually, I went and Tanya's never watched it. I thought that she had watched it with uh, our son, Logan. She has never, uh, there's a possibility that we might start it, but she doesn't seem interested. But I'll watch Obi-Wan. I, I had to throw shade because some of the characters, I didn't like their look of them, you know, they just had that weird look. And I know, I know you would feel the same way if you saw these people. Like, you'd yeah, be like, ah. well, me and, uh, me and Eric <laughs> then last night, because we had our, our TGIF DC podcast beforehand, I was yelling at him that I thought that that Dustin will not have a career. And he was yelling that he's going to have a huge career. So we have a bet going. I said, I think he's typecast. He has too much of a unique look for the one thing he's doing here. So we'll see. Oddly, he might be my favorite car- favorite yeah. in the oh, latest he, episodes. But said he loves him so much now, but. The other ones are very, they're, they're not growing up. They're, they're, they look very odd. That's, uh, they're, they're not growing up very, uh, he's, he actually looks normal. And, All uh, I know is I still end up thinking Millie Bobby Brown's Bobby Brown's daughter. So <laughs> I don't know. That just works out in my head. I always hear that name. Oh, Those Bobby kids are like Brown. 20 years old now. I mean, yeah. it's like. Yeah, uh, that's how it works. And then you yeah. got the, the high school, you know, the 20, thir- 28, 30 year olds playing high school kids. It's yeah. just weird. It's like in, back in the day with Luke Perry, right? Doing the yeah, 902. It's kind of like that. Yeah. RIP. Uh, but yeah, that's that. So everybody go over to the Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where, again, next week's podcast, the main podcast, the Star Wars, all that will be Patreon only. You can join up for as little as a dollar a month to listen to that and a bunch of other things. And if you decide by the end of what will be June then that you don't really like what you're getting or you don't like it, you could just cancel it before July hits and you'll never be charged. So it's a free trial. In also, hey, check that out. But we'll be going right now. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk to you later. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.